Good morning. I'm Jenny. She's, we pray for Jen. She's about to preach. She does this once a year. She puts all of her heart into it. God, we pray that we would not only get her heart, but your heart through her. Help her, guide her. Let this be a wonderful experience for her. And no doubt it'll be a wonderful experience for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's true. I do kind of only get up here to preach once, once a year. It's a real honor. Um, I almost actually got out of it this week. It's been a bit of a, a, a rough roller coaster week or two. And um, I just felt God's grace to say, no, it's cool. I've got this. He's, got, he's actually got this. I've totally not got this. He's got this. Um, but we flew back last night from Port Elizabeth, and my granny passed away, and we had her funeral on Friday, um, which was very special, and uh, I was preparing her eulogy and this preach simultaneously, and I promised the team I wouldn't get confused, <laughs> but just to say that um, I was reminded of, and I think this morning also spoke about, the legacy and the inheritance we get from those that have come before. And my gran was such an intercessor for me and my sisters and my family. And I stand here in the real knowledge that um, she carried me through a lot of my life. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm actually in her shoes. And she had a, an, ama- an amazing collection of shoes. <laughs> what a legacy. Um, and um, I'm actually speaking today on judgment, but I just felt like, who's going to really listen to a podcast titled Judgment? And this one is actually my mom who listens, so thanks, mom. But um, I thought we could call it, like, walk, walk in their shoes or something like that, you know? Um, so, context for those of you who are joining us for the first time or, or you just have not been paying attention. We've been dealing with the Sermon on the Mount for the whole year. <laughs> and that is because it's worthy of a year. It is, I don't want to say Jesus' greatest hits, because that sounds ridiculous, but it is the actual uh, practice of what does it look like to apprentice as a Jesus. And the context is that he's on a hillside with his disciples for hours or days, I'm not sure, but he is gently and constructively and truthfully telling people what does it take to follow me and um, we are now in chapter 7 so we, we're getting there and um, let's just read let's read the scripture it's Matthew 7 verse 1 to 6 it says do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrites, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, to be honest, I kind of hoped I'd add one verse one to five, and then verse six we could have um, maybe given to the next person, but that is the word of the Lord, and we will, uh, old school, go through it verse by verse today. Gosh, I mean, you don't need me up here to explain verse one and two. Do not judge, 
or you too will be judged. Um, but to really get the meat out of this, the, the definition of the word judge in this scripture means um, to make a distinction or a statement of if something is good or bad. The religious people of this time, I mean, they were like the moral guardians of the people. Like they were, they were the ultimate critics. So the scripture do not judge, you know, we can stand in and go, of course, that's a great scripture. But it was actually really difficult to imagine a religious group of people not giving out judgment everywhere they went. That was their job, to keep moral, um, yeah, to be moral guardians, I suppose. Um, and then to say, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is quite a warning. And I've known it. Hi, France. Welcome back up here. <laughs> um, as Terry said, I only preach once or twice a year. So I, I saw on the rust, I'm down for this God and judgment. <laughs> so I've been taking a little bit of, I've been doing like a social experiment on myself. You know, and I haven't been keeping a diary as such, but I've been really just checking my own heart. I mean, I, I'm a full believer. You can't stand up here and preach or embody something that you have not walked through. And um, well, just to say that you are in very capable hands. I'm an expert, it turns out, in this field of judgment. <laughs> Highly qualified in this area. And um, I have two suggestions of why we, we can get into this frame, this frame of mind. Not too much, this is purely me now, of course. The first one is two. The first one is the days that I've forgotten that I'm a child of God just purely forgotten, and I'm feeling riddled in shame or very self-critical. Those are days that, in my little black book, I find it's quite a lot of marks, it's quite a lot of moments in my day that judgment is, is right there. Um, psychiatrist Kurt Thompson says, judging others has its origins in self-judgment. You notice how the things that annoy you, sometimes about your own parents or your children, often the things that have a bit of a reflection or a mirror on things that you do. I've also seen that um, judgment can sometimes be a little bit of a cheap way of connecting with somebody else. To judge something over there with somebody else is quite a nice way to form a shortcut of connection. And the other, the other thing I've noticed in myself, um, the days that I've forgotten how I have been saved by grace, that false inflated sense of self, or everything going well in my life must clearly be because of what I've managed to put together. We've forgotten that the grace that Jesus bestows the world was bestowed upon us. I did not earn or deserve it. And Boniface says, when I judge, I am blind to my own evil and the grace granted the other person. And the other thing, just on this point, um, is I find that when judgment is seated quite heavily in my day, comparison is something that is sitting right shotgun next to it. <laughs> Renee Brown, the shame researcher, says, more often than not, social comparison falls outside of our awareness. We don't even know we're doing it. This lack of awareness can lead us to showing up in ways that are hurtful to ourselves and others. Hello, social media. She defines comparison as the crush of conformity from the one side and competi competition from the other. It is trying to simultaneously fit in and stand out. 
comparison says, be like everybody else, but better. And that's something that struck me when I started thinking about this judgment topic. Comparison is somehow linked. I think the reason I like looking at research and data is not because I want to prove uh, necessarily something that's happening in my life, but because I do find that often I'm so amazed at the small amount of words Jesus took to describe what people are now writing books about. You know, so often I'll read a whole book on something like how not to compare yourself to others, and then you just go back, well, Jesus, he's saying all of this to us in the scriptures all along. So just to summarize these first two scriptures, an attitude of condemnation is just not a good look on us. Verse 3 to 5, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? When there's a plank in your own eye, be hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I'm sure you've heard this scripture so many times. I mean, even my, I asked my children yesterday, do they know the scripture? I guess. <laughs> yes, yes, we know the scripture. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous to try look for something in someone's eye when you've got a plank in your own eye. That's the point. It's to show us how ridiculous it is when we're judging other people, but we're not looking at what is happening in our own hearts. This is a heart issue. I also love how this is not actually about the sin. Jesus is not necessarily interested in the sin he's talking about. He's interested um, not even in the person being judged. He's interested in the person judging. (coughs) He's saying, let's look to you. Let's fix, let's work with what's going on in your heart. This is beautiful. The word hypocrite, gosh, it's quite a harsh word when you read that one. Um, It means someone wearing a mask or living a lie. It's a warning for us. Frederick Dale Bruner says, We as believers have the propensity to undervalue our own faults and failures by overvaluing the faults and failures of other people. I love how scripture's alive, and even though we've read this so many times, it doesn't need to be diluted, because every time we read scripture, it's alive in a different way. And I just felt my revelation, per- personally, for this, this part of this um, passage was, was what it wasn't saying. I think people have used the scripture to say, don't judge me in my sin, you know? Just kind of let me be. And the other thing that we kind of have used the scripture before for is let's let people be. Don't judge other people. Just, just stay focused on what's going on in your own life. And I felt so strongly that this is not what the scripture is about. What it is saying is that we have to be ready to help others, but we cannot help others. We cannot be in each other's lives if we have not first dealt with what's going on in our own hearts. when the Lord was speaking to me about this it's not like I heard an audible voice but I I wrote in my journal he's not saying you do you (laughs) 
such a common kind of concept these days. You do you. He's not saying that to us as a body, as a community, as a church family, as friends, as people standing up here dedicating our children. No, don't you do you. It goes really bad when you do you without checking in with others around you, without um, being in each other's worlds. And so this whole um, passage on, on scripture is not just about not judging other people. It's about how do we not judge other people but be in each other's lives. Yeah. That is the, um, yeah, that's the true test, right, of our hearts. Father so gently on us. I just feel like people have experienced much loneliness in this area. Oh, uh, because you've had no anchors, absolutes or roots. That's not my words, I read that somewhere. But it's, it struck me, absolutes and anchors and roots, because people have left you alone. And I just feel like as a church, we're being called back to being in each other's lives, but not with judgment, with discernment. I feel the Father's heart on loneliness this morning. You know, people say the church isn't persecuted these days, but I feel like we actually are when we try and make good. It's so easy to be cancelled. It's so important our tone, it's so important our empathy for the world around us. But it's not an excuse to not engage. It's not an excuse to not engage. If we don't engage, who will? I think this moves us because I'm not somebody who likes to engage. And um, Luke's really good at this, actually. <laughs> He's really good at holding empathy without judgment. I'd like to think I've worked on that, but um, just to honor you, I think you are really good at that truth-telling, not running away from it, but um, and those are not the stories for me to tell those other people's stories, but we have been in those spaces with other people, and other people have been in those spaces with me, and it has been life-changing. Yeah. You know, marriages can be saved. As a teenager, I really needed someone to come in with a non-judgmental heart, beautiful empathy and say, hey, this is not what you were created for. You were created for more than this. And that is what I feel like the Lord is, is um, reminding us of here. So that was, that's a little bit off topic, but anyway, I feel like the Lord is on that. Verse 6, do not give dogs what is sacred, do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. What is he saying? 
is used a lot in the Bible. <laughs> when Paul was talking about pigs the other day, uh, it was uh, really amazing. But yeah, dogs and pigs were perceived by Jews to be unclean animals. So that's why they mentioned the common reference to unbelievers. Again, what is he not saying? He is not saying we must withhold the gospel from those that do not know him. He is just saying that the way we do it matters. Let it not be in an unhelpful way, condemning, ungracious, hypercritical, or hypocritical. And I think that's why I feel like this is so much about discernment. Judgment and discernment are not the same thing. Sorry, so we must discern, discern, but not judgment. Judgment and discernment are not the same thing. So we must discern, not judge. Thank you, Taryn. <laughs> Noted. Um, yeah. Um, I love this... Uh, Erwin McManus, a pastor in LA, he says, may love always travel faster than truth. It's a beautiful picture of love love being there, love being there already and truth kind of catching up. It's like love is that first initial feeling of safety and truth being uh, so accessible in that space. Are you all with me? (laughs) Cool. <laughs> okay, so in the message it says here, um, do not pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless of course you want the same treatment. And it says you're playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. And I felt like that is such a beautiful emphasis on how freedom is actually in this equation. You know, if we're sitting here playing judge... Sorry, France, just need a little bit more uh, microphone cable, thanks. We're sitting here playing judge. Um, the, the freedom that's in us to just live our part, to live our life, has actually been taken away. So I've, I've felt, um, I just wanted to, I don't think there's time to go into all of these things, but I felt these might be useful things to think about when you find yourself entering a judgmental state of mind. There's nothing new yet, if you're my friend, you've heard me talk about these things before. (laughs) Um, But the first one is to act in the opposite spirit. There is such power in acting in the opposite spirit. When you find yourself getting really critical or judgmental um, of of me preaching, (laughs) this is a great... This is a great thing to talk about because no one can be judgmental after this moment. Um, is there what everyone is to, to act in the opposite spirit. So I find myself, if I'm feeling a little bit insecure or judgmental on how somebody else is in comparison to me, instead of actually taking that into myself and owning that as a reality, to actively go say no and to speak words of blessing and favor over that person. It is powerful. It is powerful to get into the habit of acting in the opposite spirits. Another way of, of contracting judgment in our hearts is to pray and ask God to access empathy. Empathy for the other. Walk in their shoes. Another way would be to get curious. To get curious what is happening in my heart right now, Lord. But also what is happening in their world. 
with our children something that's so helpful when you are, what is happening here, this is a mess, their behavior is crazy, I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, something that I like to say to myself, that my psychologist told me to say to myself, is to wait, watch and wonder, to get curious, to not jump to conclusions. And I think we love to jump to conclusions on things. But to sit with something, to be curious about the other person that thinks so differently to you, or is acting so different to you. To wait, to watch and wonder what's going on in my own heart, but what's also going on for this person. That is where you can meet them. And to be generous with your thoughts. Stay generous with your thoughts about others. It's like giving someone the benefit of the doubt, but more than that is to just to offer generosity as a way of being in this world. To stay unoffendable. We named our eldest son Daniel, which means God is my judge. And he has often asked me about that. <laughs> Why does Francis name me the free one and mine is God is my judge? <laughs> It sounds like such a heavy, in fact, this whole uh, chapter, so God and judgment, it sounds like such a heavy, and they, I love explaining to him what his name means, because there's so much life and light on it. The fact that his name means God is my judge means that it does not matter what anybody else thinks of you. Yeah. It does not matter what anybody else says about you. It does not matter if you are misunderstood. God is the only one who gets to judge you at the end of the day. And I think, I I see Dan's face every time I say to him, and it's just like this wash of relief. I don't have to hold this. God is my judge. And that's that's kind of what I, I saw in the spirit over us this morning. It's like this wash of relief that I don't have to hold all this together. Because judgment is just a way of trying to make sense of the world, but also control it to a large degree. Yeah, so let's go back to sitting on the hillside of Jesus as he's speaking these truths. You know, last week Terry spoke so beautifully about how we don't have to be anxious. That was, that's what Jesus was saying just before this. Do not be anxious. And he's speaking to his disciples. This is what it means to follow me. And then this is the next part. And I felt like this is what he's saying to you. This is Jesus speaking. To apprentice under me means to live free from judgment. The Father will ultimately judge all things. Your posture as apprentices is to embrace each other as well as yourselves with your true identity, a loved child of God. Close our eyes. Jesus.
David a, a word during the week that what the Lord wanted to say to us today would be like a soft mist over our hearts. Isn't that a beautiful picture to go alongside a word on judgment? Because that is the Father's heart on this topic. And Roger had a picture of gold in the mud. <laughs> Gold in the mud. I feel like judgment is, uh, yeah, just this place we find ourselves. Are we actually in the mud? Jesus, I thank you for your words over our lives that bring freedom. Just while Jane was 